Welcome to Inspired Artist Podcast with me, Porter Singer. I have the privilege of speaking with Rhiannon Rose today, who is a DJ, producer, writer, and MC from Canada. I follow her on Instagram, um, and I met her at uh, Bhakti Fest, and you'll see she does um, lots of really cool things. She just did a New Year's in New Orleans, I think. So we should talk about that. That sounds like fun. Um, she was formerly known as DJ Rhiannon and has been rocking the decks for over 20 years. She bought her first pair of Technics turntables in 2001. Rhiannon spun vinyl records for the first eight years. Since then, she's DJed in clubs over all over North America and Latin America with stopovers in England, Japan, and Australia. And she's open for Tiesto, Deadmo. Steadmau, Steadmau 5, you can interject there, Ryan, if you'd like. Um, Chris Lake, what's that? <laughs> I love that you don't know, it's perfect. <laughs> this is other world, but yeah, Deadmau5. <laughs> Deadmau5, okay, no, I have heard that, I just didn't realize it was spelled that way. Okay, cool. Chris Lake and more electronic dance music heavyweights. That's really cool. She has played at EDC Vegas, Nocturnal Wonderland, UME, and other festivals, and she's really released tracks on Insomniac Records, Night Bass, In Rotation, and many more record labels. She's collaborated with Abstract, Metro. Okay, I'm I'm just gonna stop because I can't. I love it. I love it. I'm like, yes, it doesn't actually matter. <laughs> but anyway, she currently resides in Los Angeles, California where she's focused on producing music, writing lyrics, and recording vocals. And when she's not recording music, she's recording voice voiceovers. Ooh, that's fun. Facilitating pranayama sessions and volunteering for the Breath Center, an academy of integrated human sciences dedicated to education, wellness, and awakening. Cool. Well, welcome, Rhiannon. Thanks so much. Happy to be here. Yeah. <laughs> That was so funny. I like, I usually make sure that I'm, I know how to pronounce the person's name, right? You know, because I have a lot of people with like, I don't know, uh, interesting names that come on the podcast, but I was, I should have read your bio first and, and asked you how to pronounce more of those names. Oh, it's great. <laughs> so yeah. So, um, that's really, that's really cool. I didn't realize some of the, the stuff, um, in your bio that I guess I, I should have, but that you also do voiceovers. That's fun. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Is it fun? It is. It is definitely. It's like everything. It's like when you're really into the craft of it and you really do it for that, the joy of doing it, it, everything's amazing. And then when you start dabbling into like the work side of things, you're like, I have to audition like 50 times before I book something. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, really, I do it because I, I love it. And I'm definitely an artist that goes with the flow. It's like, oh, everything closed down. Okay, then I'll go do this. Oh, everything's <laughs> all right. I'll go do that. <laughs> is that how you got into it is when everything was closed down for COVID that? Um, you know, it's funny. I actually somehow got into it in back in Vancouver. And like, dude, let me unpin you. I'm sorry. I am a little there we go. Now we can see you. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I, I got into it in 2008. I did take some, I was into acting a little bit and like just mostly taking classes because that was way more fun than like auditioning and being nervous. <laughs> so I just, I kind of did that for the joy of it. And somehow, I don't know, somehow heard about voiceover, um, got into that. But then I came down to the States and took a really big hiatus because I was focused on the DJ stuff. 
And yeah, maybe it's like this beautiful blessing that I kind of just started steering back into voiceover a little bit. And then, yeah, when things closed down, I was like, okay, we're full on in voiceover mode because there are no live events. <laughs> yeah. How much are you touring normally? Um, I don't even know that I have a normal. I've had years where it's insane. Like I'm like, Tokyo and then I fly back and work with the time difference to do a show in LA then it's like Newfoundland and then I'm like oh go to Argentina and it's just like bonkers because I'm it's interesting because if you're at like this crazy crazy high level with the touring is you know like you can really get organized and be like okay that city then that city but I was like I'll take anything I can get and so I was flying all over the world (laughs) that's crazy how much time between gigs Sometimes none. Sometimes sometimes it was literally like, oh, that's a nice looking bed in my hotel room. I wish I could sleep in it. Well, off to the next off to the airport. Jeez. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Mostly sleeping on on planes, I'm guessing, or I hope. Yeah, I, yeah. I did I I used to not be able to, and then my body was like, oh no, we can do this now. We can we can sleep wherever, whenever. <laughs> oh, that's a nice skill. That's a really good skill. I envy that. Um, so what, what has been like, I guess the most exciting part about the, the DJing thing for you? Um, I really love just the, it's been, it's funny because in the yoga world and things we, we talk about, you know, present moment awareness and like working with energy and all these different things. And I'm like, man, like DJing for me was all about that. Like you're just, you're just you're forced to be in the moment actually the first sort of present moment awareness um experience i had was on a dance floor that's when i had because i I didn't grow up with parents who were into yoga or meditation or even church or anything like so they're they're yeah it was interesting it was on a dance floor and i had this experience of like like nothing else existed except that moment and that music and that it was so beautiful and i was like this is really special, you know, and this is so powerful. And then just like seeing that it was the DJ who was basically facilitating that experience for people. I was like, I want to do that, you know, (laughs) and it still feels that magical to me back from 20 years ago to now. It's feels so special. (laughs) Wow. That's a really cool approach i would imagine not everyone they well maybe everyone you meet does have that approach because that's what you attract but like (laughs) i would imagine that's not typical of of djing necessarily that you feel like you're facilitating a present moment space or like uh yeah yeah i don't know and that that does i actually have curiosity around that like does does everyone else know how cool this is and how like not well actually not so the coolness but like the, the really this special it's such a like beautiful opportunity i feel to like connect with people and really there's this almost like cyclical energy that's created because i'm just giving them everything i've got it's almost like i feel like my heart just opens up and i'm like take all the love you know and all the energy but also like that that rawness too that's sort of like yeah like the music the beat and and then they're giving it when they you know when they're really in they they give it back to you and then it's like this awesome like cyclical thing and it's just ah it's just such an amazing experience (laughs) yeah wow so how much preparation goes into creating that moment if if any or is it just like a download in the moment of what you're gonna play great question honestly i do so much preparation of music i don't plan my sets but that's why i have to be so organized because i don't know what's gonna happen i don't even necessarily know what kind of 
audience I'm going to have. And again, it's like when you, if you get to these levels of you're, you're producing music that's, you know, popular, you have, you know, people love it. You can kind of just show up and do your thing. You play your music. Whereas I'm in this sort of middle ground and I've always been a, like a true DJ at heart where I show up. I don't, you know, I don't know who's going to be there. I might have a little indication of, okay, it's this city, it's this particular club, maybe this kind of crowd, but you don't really know what's going to happen or what they're really going to jive to. So you, you have to just have your, your crates really organized, all your music kind of queued up, ready to go and just be flexible, be ready to like roll with where they're at and maybe take them somewhere, but uh, well, certainly take them somewhere. But like my, my thing was always to really connect with who they are, what's going to make them move, what's, what do they love, what's going to bring them into the moment and, you know, give them a really good time. <laughs> you, when you do crates and quotes, it's because like you used to travel with vinyl, but you don't anymore. Yeah. yeah it's funny to call them crates, but I'm like, yeah, I'm not like sort of, yeah, swinging like this <laughs> massive backpack onto my back full of records anymore. It's like little USB. <laughs> Hello. I have to sneeze. Excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, more compact, better um, for traveling, especially, I would imagine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, do you like do repeat audiences? Like, does, does, are you ever like, oh, I remember what that one felt like. So, I kind of know what my approach is going to be like. Or is it just always different? Yeah, great question. Because, you know, of course, things do evolve even in like the same city at the same club yet. Um, it's funny that you brought up that I happen to play in New Orleans on, on New mm -hmm. Year's Eve. That, I've been playing in New Orleans for 11 years. Oh, and, wow. And, yeah, and it, it is the same booker that's booked me. And initially he booked me at this club called Ampersand, um, which was this incredible nightclub. It was all electronic dance music. Um, there was a hybrid stuff, um, but he's since that club had to close down because the building closed down. So he's been booking me at a club that's actually way more commercial. So I would play open format music, which I've been really moving away from lately. So near what does the, that mean? Open oh, format. Oh, it just open format means like um, like you kind of play a little bit of everything, and it typically means that it's more top forty or commercial music. Okay. You know, it's just kind of like open. It's like whatever. Um, and it's interesting because the crowd typically they're more into they're not they don't necessarily care who you are. You know, like like particularly um, New Orleans, like they're just doing their thing. Like I was hired as a DJ, not necessarily like random rose. They're just like okay, like we know you can rock this, so here you go. And you kind of like throw you to the wolves because they do not care who you are, which is such a cool challenge because you're like all right, like you know what's up can i do this can i rock this and and it was um really really fun it it kind of brought me back to my dj ran in days if the, you know because i did rebrand in with the intention of going more just okay pure like bass house and tech house and you know uh, just electronic dance music um yet yeah the doing my DJ Rhiannon thing and like it was like you'd play a track for like maximum two minutes and then you're like boom mix the next one boom mix the next one and just like you know hit those those like almost like those anthems the things that are going to make that particular crowd move because that's that's a dirty south it's like New Orleans it's like they're mostly into hip-hop which I I feel like I'm like oh my hip-hop crates are a little little dusty at the moment but I but I so I got really organized for that gig and and was able to rock it thank goodness <laughs> 
What does getting organized look like? It's really, um, it's really getting to, well, I'd say getting to know your music. Sometimes I'm almost playing blind in the sense that I'm like, okay, I just downloaded the, this track yesterday. I, I managed to get some cue points on it. So I know, okay, I've got to mix in by this part because the vocal starts maybe. And, you know, um, but otherwise I may not be that familiar with the track, but I've done enough sort of, I guess I've been doing this for long enough that I can, I can kind of usually wing it, <laughs> but really it comes down to like, like, if I'm attracted to a song, I feel like, okay, that's got something in it, some energy that resonates with me, which is usually like, it's fun or it's energetic or it's really, or, or it could be like really like grimy and raw, but it's like, yeah, like that would make me dance, you know? Um, and so I trust that. I trust that intuition when I'm choosing, because there could be one song that's popular, but there's 10 different remixes. So I'm like, okay, which one, which one do I resonate with? Which one do I think will really make people move, you know? Um, so yeah, and, and it's just a lot of, that's a lot of time on the computer, I guess. Um, and with the speakers and the headphones, just like, just really getting into like the, the energy of each track and organizing it into different uh, playlists and things. <laughs> Are you taking notes of the stuff? Like voice enters at three colon. <laughs> no, no. And that's what can make it challenging. But I mean, the one thing that the, the software program lets you do is put little like red tags so like little like cue points so it'd be like the very first beat and then like the next bar and then the next bar and then and then if there's no more cue points i know that okay something started there whether it's like the, the you know vocal or something you know and so i'm usually like okay i gotta mix in by that third cue point kind of thing <laughs> okay okay yeah. so it's a lot of listening a lot of yeah. listening to music and when you're listening are you like necessarily actively listening or are you like folding laundry listening or like does it vary <laughs> um, good question yeah it's definitely definitely active listening like if i'm if i'm kind of going through these different record pools online and like searching for that you know perfect remix of that track or whatever then i'm yeah pretty pretty actively listening um and then you know and then when it and that's for like open format gigs when i'm really like, okay, I got to get this together for this crowd that doesn't even necessarily know who I am, you know? Um, whereas if I'm DJing as doing a perform, like more of a performance and DJ set as Rhiannon Rose, then, then I'd be actually more focused on working in Ableton and like making new music or making my own remixes and, oh. and, and good likes and things. So it depends. Yeah. <laughs> who is that? Is that kind of the difference between what, or the reason that you rebranded was to do more more remixes of your own is that or how how do you see the way that you rebranded i guess well it's interesting because part of me i just felt like because i was dj rhiannon and i i felt well wow i'm doing all these like lyrics and vocals and things and i thought if i'm collaborating with people and it's sort of like matroda featuring dj rhiannon i almost felt like okay, what did the DJ do? I don't get it. You know, like I almost felt like, oh, I need a more like neutral name. Oh, so, so it could be like, this is my artist name. And I, I DJ, I MC, I write, I record, I produce like all the different things. Um, and who knows, I don't know, maybe just being DJ Rihanna for 18 years, I was like, well, let's, let's shake it up a little bit and <laughs> change. But yeah, I guess that it, that was the intention was to go like full on like artist mode. Because there are different kinds of DJs. There's, there's mm. the producer DJ, which is what my intention is for Rihanna Rose. She's, you know, producer 
at who, you know, when you book her to DJ, she's DJing her stuff and like her sound. And then there's uh, club DJ, which I come from a club DJ and even mobile DJ, you know, people hire me to play in, uh, you know, all sorts of events and things. And I just, because I love DJing. That's the thing. It's so hard to say no, you know, someone's <laughs> like, oh, I want you to come do this. I don't know if it's like, even like some little like hotel thing for Fourth of July, and I'm like, well, yeah, that's gonna be so fun. <laughs> that's so cool. So mobile is is when it's just kind of anywhere. Is is that what mobile means? Yeah, and typically means you you also provide your own equipment. Like you'll show up with like the speakers and like you'll set everything up on the stands and and like the whole thing. So it's a it's a lot of work, but typically pays more because of that. So, yeah. And are you, are you doing this solo all the time or do you have like a crew ever? No, just me, me, myself and I, <laughs> right? Yeah, carrying everything. <laughs> How much bulk is that? <laughs> like if you were to set up a whole sound system? It's a lot. I mean, um, I mean, I guess if you get really good speakers and it's not too big of a space, you can get away with just like two big speakers. But there certainly was a time when I hadn't I hadn't done the mobile thing or anything for a while because of the lockdown. Mm -hmm. And some of my first gigs back were at hotels because they were technically almost like private property, but they could they could have mm -hmm. a DJ playing at the pool or something. So it was, those are the first gigs I did coming out of the lockdown. And <laughs> and I was like, I'll take it, anything I can get, you know? And I remember I hadn't lifted a speaker like that for a while. And at some point I like lifted the speaker and I was like so close to the stand and I was like started to like, like lean back. I was like, uh-oh. And like some guy came by and he's like, let me help you with that. <laughs> he helped me get it on the stand. I was like, oh, thank you. Yeah, I had it, but yeah, cool, thanks. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, all right, I should, I should have been working out to prepare for this. <laughs> oh my gosh. Did you realize how like ripped for right? you were? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, it's a whole thing. <laughs> I used to, I used to, I haven't done a lot of touring actually. It's funny. I like mostly record. I really don't tour oh. much, but I used to do like in my very early days out of college, I used to do singer songwriter stuff. And I had, well, kind of like this keyboard I have behind me. I don't know if you can see it, but it's like a weighted keyboard, except that it was built in, you know, 2001. So it weighed like three, four times what they do now. And so I would, and, and I would go like, to these crappy gigs. I mean, like borders, bookstores, <laughs> coffee shops, crappy in the sense that nobody knew who I was, but like really fun. I, I enjoyed doing it and that's why I was doing it. But people would like always be so surprised that I could lift this keyboard. No doubt. <laughs> but yeah, you get used to it. Yeah. And it's like, what are you going to hire someone for that? Like, I don't know, <laughs> 10 seconds you need them to, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So did you have a lot of stuff planned before the lockdowns? Did you that you had to cancel or was it kind of like, oh, I didn't have anything anyway? Um, certainly. I mean, yeah, like, I mean, the momentum of of DJ gigs, like that was kind of my thing, you know, so it was definitely odd. Um, and it, it's not like I had major tours planned, like like the really big producer DJ types like that would have hurt, I think, um, yet, you know, um, it, everything was okay. It, it did end up opening back up and people are certainly touring again, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, I almost like just quickly pivoted and was like, okay, uh, uh, <laughs> I'll do voiceover. And uh, I had already been studying with um, Michael Brian Baker and and the Breast Center, their their program okay. called Anatomy of Awakening. And I'd already been dabbling in that for years since 2015. So uh, it kind of gave me an opportunity to, well, do a variety of things. I, I did dive into music production deeper, though I really missed the sort of camaraderie and the the experience of going to the studio and like seeing people there and and even just being like hey like i can't get this snare right like what do you think or whatever you know like and so i i, I definitely missed that because it was like oh i'm just sitting in my like kitchen alone like working <laughs> i don't know it was weird um and so i did get a lot out of um taking uh more like sort of online classes and completing my certification with the breast center to be uh, a certified you know, facilitator of pranayama or breath work as people are calling it. And, you know, and uh, that was wonderful because then I became a TA and there was then there was interaction on Zoom and like, you know, some kind of schedule and people and like, and of course that work is is really beautiful. So that felt really good during the lockdown. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I really, I actually forgot about that. I, I did a few of those at Bhakti Fest. Um, I always really enjoyed that. Yeah, that's yeah. good. What is, I guess I haven't like delved so deeply into breath work that I can really tell the difference between the modalities that seem like really similar to me. Cause I asked somebody that was talking about breath work on the podcast about her circular breathing technique. And I was like, is it like Wim Hof? And she's like, no, it's different than, but then I took one with her and I was like, okay, this seems really similar. So I'm not. <laughs> but, but I forget, I forget what what uh, Brian Michael Baker's is like, it's, it's also through the mouth. Yeah. 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 And, and it's interesting because you're so right. Cause sometimes the techniques can be really similar, but they might be practiced in a different way and even like, and facilitated in a different way. Like I know the way, um, uh, Michael does it. Well, and, and again, it's not even like Michael's thing. Like th literally this originates at, with the rishis like this is like this is like original stuff you know that's just been unfortunately carried through writings and lineage but anyway it's going to sound very fancy but it's because michael specifically didn't want to rebrand it because pranayama is uh, breathwork is comes from pranayama i mean all of this is literally millennia old right mm -hmm. so none of us created it we're we've taken it from these origins and people have kind of rebranded it which is um you know it's it's interesting because there's the the light side of that is that it's like cool it's reach more people because you know it's like oh this shtick or that thing or whatever and it's you know can it's has amazing incredible health benefits and then the sort of i guess shadow side is that is that we are kind of erasing origins and being like this i created this you know <laughs> so it's a little tricky we kind of explore all the different like pieces of that but but um you know the the particular uh, technique that um, Michael teaches it's a it's a Kriya pranayama um, that affects Vyana Vayu. So I mean I could geek out on this stuff forever, but it's like you know the go for it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I, what I what I appreciate is that we get to really understand like what's happening in the body. So it's not just sort of like hey there's this thing and this is the name and like just you know do it and then you know and then I guess the risk is is that people have this big experience and then they're like oh it's that one thing and it's like mm -hmm. no it's 
you. Like mm. you were built for this. Like this is yoga. This is thousands of years old. This is this human technology. This is, um, you know, something that resides within you. And and that specifically that inclusion of the word prana, right? Because we're talking about universal life force energy and, and that we all have that. And, and it's a way to, you know, bring more of that into the system. Even the definition, like, so again, like for those who may not know that, you know, breathwork pulls from the origin of that is this practice of pranayama and there's over 50 techniques of pranayama and that prana universal life force energy ayama to extend or expand so mm -hmm. we're, we're taking in that energy and we're expanding and the expansion happens through that retention so when you know hold your breath which sounds terrifying to someone who's never done it but the idea is that you would oxygenate your body to the point that that if you if you you know have a retention that it's not going to feel like this crazy struggle or something because the body is already thoroughly oxygenated that's the only reason we actively breathe is to oxygenate so if we've almost over oxygenated then we don't necessarily have to breathe for that moment and in that retention the um it's like the the cilia and alveoli in the lungs are like uptaking that energy into the meridian system and the nervous system and there, it's just it's just so mm like so many health benefits and um and and yeah and it can it can also and i have to put it out there that it, it can be dangerous like if people are for example someone's like super pitta vata right and then they're like really like doing some practice where it's very um you know solar very masculine and they're pushing and pushing and pushing and it, like that's not great for that you can blow out your nervous system so there's something to be said for it because i've i've had people come through um, like I guide, uh, I do it online via Zoom every other week, and and I've had people come through that are like, well, I've done breathwork before, and I said I'd never do it again. It was like a horrible experience. I was really stressed, and da da da. They're like, but you know, and I'm like, cool. Like, I totally get it. Like, give it a go, and feel free to just just enjoy the music and meditation if you don't want to actually do the practice. But they've stuck with it, and they're like, oh, that was completely different from the mm -hmm. experience I had, and I'm like yeah the way the way we facilitate is more yin based it's feminine it's receiving it's um you know it's a balance to maybe what we're because we're kind of like all running around producing and going and doing like all day like then we're going to go into our practice and be like, <laughs> you know, it's just like wait where's the balance like you know like <laughs> and, and so it's just it's just a different um approach and that you know and that approach can can work for some people and not everyone so i guess that's why i i'm like oh, whenever we get on that topic i'm like it's not one breath work or even you know there's so many techniques and different ways of of facilitating them and practicing them it's yeah so yeah <laughs> yeah i'm trying to imagine what sort of person or in what sort of profession would need like a really hard core hard paced kind of workout to balance out their life <laughs> right <laughs> like someone who a librarian maybe <laughs> yeah. just like all right <laughs> yeah i mean you know and i mean when, you, when we look at like yeah like the doshas or body types like um if you think of someone who's maybe more kapha and has more you know bmi body mass index that mm -hmm. you know that if they're kind of coming from a place of that's already a bit lunar or like or or slower or like um as we've seen a lot um when we're kind of in that more 
right brain place it's like they say that's oh rest and digest is parasympathetic nervous system right connected to all that right brain parasympathetic and it's like oh yeah that's like the healing and the you know the rest and digest like yeah but some people can almost be uh can get stuck there too right if you're in deep rest you're deep rest right and it's sort of like okay so maybe that person would need a balancing of a bit more of a fire practice like they you know get on the mat and do the hatha yoga then yeah then sure yeah do more like um intense breathing practice um you know the, the very again various techniques some are more lunar some are more solar driven mm -hmm. but yeah <laughs> yeah yeah for sure yeah i'm definitely i definitely tend towards faster paced that is definitely my so my my partner is very well i he's he's slower moving than i am <laughs> <laughs> balance yeah. yeah um wow well that's that's really cool so you teach that as like a a weekly thing to anyone or like anyone who wants to join or or what's the registration process for that i guess sure yeah basically it's something i started during lockdown because I couldn't, you know, it was like the last thing you're going to do is breathe in the same room as someone else. <laughs> so I was like, okay, online we go. Um, but I was really just um, guiding, basically, it's like facilitating a session, you know, and so um, people would um, sign up just through email, basically, like I just have like kind of private invite list. It's not something I particularly promote. It's just mm -hmm. kind of word of mouth. But um, I did build a, a website for it just as like a landing place <laughs> for people but yeah and I was doing it weekly during while everything was closed and then when everything opened up I got busier um and then and then but my friends who were coming were like wait you you got to keep doing it though right and I'm like oh <laughs> okay like you know because it seemed to be working for people but I just reduced it to every other week um and I'm essentially facilitating a session from start to finish so if it's someone's first time they'd come and I'd give them an introduction to the practice let them know you know what to expect or what they might experience just so they're prepared and essentially you know we do kind of vet people for this because it's again not for everyone so in the email there's like a um you know medical contraindications and you know different like you know history of seizures or just particular um you know psychological issues and things because you know something this powerful people can you know bifurcate like that's the other thing that uh, that i don't know i don't know like if other um you know facilitators are kind of looking for that but michael does such a great job of of training for that and being like hey i learn by making mistakes like i you know like this is my experiences i you know don't want you to have this <laughs> experience someone's on your table having a seizure and you're not a doctor this is a problem Ooh. you know what i mean like not cool so it's like it's important that people are kind of uh, vetted and prepared appropriately <laughs> before the practice because well you know and people are like what like it's just like breathing but you know particularly with the 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 kriya techniques essentially it's like when you're bringing a charge energy right charge you're bringing that charge to the sacrum and building that that agni or heat or fire there we're essentially you know we're talking about raising ida and pingala like we're we are talking about that you know removing that block and that you know a lot of people refer to as like kundalini and this is big stuff i mean like 
no one would go into hopefully into like a master plant medicine ceremony just sort of mm. nonchalantly right like because it's like okay why because the 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 prana we're ingesting um we're getting the prana from the plants but it's the same thing it it stimulates cerebral spinal fluid which and then we have that rise and those experiences it's big stuff you know it can be really big stuff so it's it's interesting and at the same time some people could come and just be like oh yeah it's really great it has nice meditation like it's cool you know it could be nothing so it's 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 like the ultimate adaptogen right like prana mm-hmm. goes wherever for whatever <laughs> it's pretty magic it's not lost on you that these, I mean, I won't say that they're similar, but it's just, you're facilitating a similar experience. It seems like, right. With the DJing and the breath work. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. It's, yeah. And it it is fair. And it's funny because I, at some point I couldn't quite grasp that golden thread, but then I thought, Oh wait, like I'm like fully using all my DJ equipment when I facilitate these sessions. Cause I, you know, it's like, oh, really? and yeah. Cause I'm playing, you know, um, like a, a soundscape during, you know, uh, throughout the session. And then I'm also like, I have my mic and I'm, you know, got a little reverb on there and I'm, you know, guiding people through the meditation. And <laughs> so I was like, okay, yeah, I'm still doing me. This is cool. <laughs> yeah. What got you into to it DJing in the first place or producing or music or any of it? Like what was Canada? What was the Canada portion of your life? Right. Like? Yeah, <laughs> it was honestly extremely organic. Um, Like when I was a kid, I loved music. Mom was like, if we went to a store, even like a grocery store, if there was music playing, she's like, you were out of the stroller. Like you were like, let me out, you know? And she's like, you were, you just get out and you just be like dancing. And she's like, sometimes you'd even have a little crowd gathering around you. Like, oh my God, <laughs> dancing. but I didn't care. I, I was just, yeah, there was definitely a draw to the, the power of music since I was a little. And then, um, uh, and then really it was just, I mean, I even made, I remember making um, cassette mixtapes of, I, it basically, this is how pure it was. It was just like, I was like, oh, I want to hear these songs in this order. Like, these are my favorite songs and I want to hear them in this order. Like, it, it, I didn't even know there's such a thing as a DJ. It was just, it was just that, it was that experience of creating that, you know, like journey. And then I, and then I play it for my friends, be like, check this out, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so really it was just, I feel like it's always been there and it was just evolving with the technology, you know? <laughs> yeah. Did you ever read that book, High Fidelity or see the, see the movie? Yes. I don't, if I did, I forgot about it. It's, it's all about mixtapes, but it's like somebody's life through the, I guess through like the paradigm of a mixtape kind oh, of. Cool. That's how I remember it anyway. The, I can't, can't remember if the book is too terribly different from the, the movie, but the movie is with John Cusack. Yeah, yeah, it's it's cool. It's about his relationship, but like through music and mixtapes. I don't know. It feels yeah. like hundred yeah. percent rings a bell. Probably because it's in other people that are like, you've seen High Fidelity, right? And I'm like, uh, <laughs> um, so I'll have to go watch that. <laughs> ah, that's so neat. I I used to um, have a karaoke machine, so some of my like my first recording stuff was like taking the tape over to the second side and having another tape and then recording the tape that I just recorded with an overdub vocal on it. And then like you keep swapping it, you know, and so that you have more and more voices on it, like really 
really rudimentary recording. Right? So fun. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Cassettes were fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, and then you, you moved to the States for music or what? Yeah. 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 It was, um, yeah. After I graduated university, I was it's funny. So I ended up, I was in a relationship with someone who was American and then they kind of got kicked out of Canada because <laughs> it was like, you're working here. And so they had split and went to, um, Seattle. And then, hmm. so we were kind of doing the, um, where I am. What's that? That's where I am. Seattle. Oh, really? Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Oh, I did know that. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, so I was kind of doing the the semi long distance. I was constantly like driving back and forth, and then um, were you in Vancouver? Yeah. Okay, so easy. Well, I mean, fairly easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But eventually, they're like, "You like, you want to go to San Francisco?" I was like, "Let's do it." And I, you know, and I just, yeah, it, it, I pursued music. I caught wind of this really shady manager guy who was in LA but it was sort of like hey there's these you know opportunities here whatever so um yeah I went to San Francisco but then I ended up commuting to LA constantly so eventually I was like okay I'm just gonna move to LA um and yeah it was really all about the DJing I just I just wanted to DJ I just wanted like the more of that of that experience, I guess. And yeah, wild adventure. It was like naive Canadian girl moves to Hollywood. And just like, everyone's out for my best interest, right? <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, I was like, I had a like formal education. And then I went to like LA and got like my street education. <laughs> like, oh, oh, the big, big wide world. <laughs> so you're in you're in like the that i mean you're in like industry on a daily basis are you like dealing with like contracts and managers and agents stuff like that is that what you're talking about or like being hired oh. for things is like that or like what i mean at the time i'm well at least when i first came to la i mean i didn't have a work visa so it was just this whole like dance of sort of like chicken or the egg. It's like, oh, well, you have to have a work visa to work here. And I'm like, yeah, but I have to meet people and get, you know, sponsors and things happening to get the visa. So it was a really wild dance. And I, I think of that as well in like Vedic, uh, you know, Jodish terms, like that was my Rahu period. <laughs> so it was really wild. I've heard that before. What does that mean? Oh, just like, I don't know, like uh, in, in, in our lives like we have like these bigger periods of of particular um you know like planets and so for me i have that happened to be going through 19 years of rahu from 2001 to 2000 yeah 19 it was funny because this this um so it's an uh, astrological thing yeah 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 vedic yeah like uh basically astrology but, but vedic astrology mm -hmm. um and i remember like when this guy read my natal chart or astral chart that he was like he's like yeah like be good to start a career in music in 2001 i was getting this reading in like 2015 but he was just kind of going back to look at the bigger periods and i was like that's literally when i had my first dj gig 2001. <laughs> so i was like i was right on the money um but typically like rahu um it's not a physical planet in the sky but it's it's like it's an entity and it's um it's basically known as that like roller coaster 
period. If you're living your sort of period of Rahu in your life, it's kind of a bit of a roller coaster. And mine certainly was. It was like no work visa. Uh, it you know, just like, sounds like that. It's like Rahu. Yeah, <laughs> totally. <laughs> Is it typical to have that many years of it? I don't know. I mean, uh, for example, so it switched in 2019. So now I'm in 16 years of Jupiter. So these are like these grander periods. And there's oh. definitely like, it's definitely oh. broken up as well into like more minor periods. So I might, I might be in like Jupiter Mars right now. I don't, you know, I don't know, but yeah, landing in Jupiter energy, just like, like the, I don't know, like the, the master and the teacher and things. I was like, this feels way more stable than the <laughs> last ones. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> That's really cool. Um, and, and interesting to like have it confirmed in hindsight, I guess, too, and not right. you know, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, do you have anything coming up or like anything else you wanted to share before we depart? Sure. Um, you know, basically, I just feel like I'm just doing my thing. I'm really focused. 2023 for me is studio time. Um, I've been doing a lot of collabs like over the pandemic that that felt it's easy to kind of work with people remotely and I had a little recording booth and things so I was doing a lot of that as I was really focused on assisting um like Michael with the breast center stuff and TAing and, and things and now it's like the winds of you know switch direction I'm like all right I'm fully back into you know music production mode so that's my goal for this year is to be producing solo originals um, oh, it's still collabing as well, but I really like really just want to dive into production and nerd out in Ableton and make my own music. Um, and other than that, yeah, just releasing and DJing and voiceover, like whatever kind of comes my way. I'm, I'm into it. I'm really grateful that things are, you know, just open again and I can, <laughs> I can do my thing more. <laughs> yeah. Oh, cool. So we, we can expect to hear some more recordings. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so how can people stay in touch with you and find out what you're doing? Um, I mean, as long as you can spell my name, <laughs> that's the most challenging part. But if you plug that in anywhere, you're fine. Um, and I'm sure you'll be able to see that, but like R-H-I-A-N-N-O-N and then Rose, R-O-Z-E, or R-O-Z-E, if you're listening from Canada. <laughs> <laughs> or anywhere in the Commonwealth, really. Right? <laughs> totally. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. Yeah, I'll have um, your links uh, in the show notes so people can click on that. Nice. See what you're up to, yeah. Thank you so much for being willing to do this. Of course, it was so yeah. fun. <laughs> Great and to chat with you. You too. Yeah. Thank you everyone for listening. If you have any questions or feedback on this episode, or you want to share something, you can email me at inspiredartistpodcast at gmail.com and we will see you in the next episode. All right. Bye. Thanks for bye. tuning into the podcast, y'all. Please like, subscribe, rate, comment, whatever the platform you listen to podcasts on offers you as a way to let its algorithm know that you're enjoying these episodes. That really helps. Also, there's some links in the podcast description notes that allow you to support the podcast in a way that benefits you and us. So please check those out. And if you'd like to stay in touch with me, you can sign up for my mailing list at portersinger.com. We'll see you in the next episode. Bye.